you're listening to the Seven Transformations Podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. All right, all right. Happy Friday. How's it going, everybody? My name is Tudor, and this is the Seven Transformations Podcast. I'm here with one of my best and longest friends, Matt Pisarsik. Say hello, Matt. <laughs> hey, how's it going? I definitely would agree with the longest part. <laughs> we've been friends for what is it now 16 17 years I, I met you when we were 16 years old or now 33 34 so yeah actually i've known you longer than i haven't known you you've known me longer than you haven't known me wow meaning, meaning that i've known you a majority of my life oh my god yeah we just passed that majority didn't we Yes, we did. We we didn't have. And a what did you get for me? <laughs> we, we did not celebrate our majority passing. Nope. Well, I am thrilled to have Matt here on the show with you guys and share about his experience because not only is he uh, having an exciting life to share, I've known him for a long time. I've got to see that life unfold. So today oh, we're wow. talking about transformation and um, particularly, you know, actually, you know, go ahead, Matt, why, what do you do? And like, what's your main thing that you're doing right now? You can share with them and then we can just go from there. All right. Well, um, I am the founder of a business called Razor Emporium. <laughs> and as maybe odd as that sounds, <laughs> my, my career, my business, whatever you want to call it, uh, revolves around men shaving meaning I own a, a online retail business that also has kind of a quasi brick and mortar. And we deal with all sorts of traditional men's grooming products, straight razors, safety razors, brushes, creams, soaps. And not only do we have a, a retail site uh, where we you know, sell those goods, but we also are now getting into manufacturing those goods uh, from scratch. And we also service a lot of this, this kind of product. So kind of all encompassing everything men's grooming. And I remember in college back in ancient <laughs> history when <laughs> you and another one of my awesome friends who's going to be on the show here uh Sebastian mm -hmm. you guys used to go and collect antique razors right from different antique stores you drive to like Colorado and all so I'm like what are you guys doing and then now <laughs> you have a very successful business and endeavor doing this kind of thing and what really interests me about it in relate in relation to this interview and, and kind of what I'm talking about in the podcast is the transformative aspect of what you do. Mm. So have you ever thought about the work that you do with creating these, you know, packages, you know, for, for men and creating these, you know, refurbishing their products, you know, you know, manufacturing these products. Have you ever thought of any of that or any part of that as transformative in any way? Um, yeah, uh, it's hard not to. You know, especially like you said, with the the going out and finding old razors, like that's kind of where the business began. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we literally were finding old razors and transforming them into new razors, and we realized that you know there was a there was a margin here between what we could find things at and what we could you know 
clean them up or fix them or whatever mm-hmm. and then resell them for and there was this there was this little delta called profit <laughs> and um uh you know it it but i mean you know of course money was was part of the equation but it was quite satisfying i've always liked antiques i've always liked things of of yesteryear quality and yeah absolutely um uh, you know, seeing something that looked like junk before now look like a museum piece or, you know, pristine collection piece uh, in a matter of, you know, a couple days of work or whatever is really cool. And something, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me that you can take a, a straight razor from the 1860s or, a, you know, an old Gillette razor from the 1930s and still use it and bring it back to life. So that's really transformative and very cool to see the process. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I remember some of the old school stuff that you had at your place, like just from just old shaving, like magazines and pigs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was so cool to just be brought back in time. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, what y- do you think was different about it? I mean, obviously men's shaving has changed so much since then. Our approach to it, our our whole routine, even what it means, you know, what, what do you think has really changed? Um. I think the biggest thing that's changed is the the notion that uh, today, for a lot of guys, grooming seems to be an afterthought, mm. you know, and it's like this chore. Yeah. And it's like, let okay. Me get, let me just get it out of the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to quickly rush through my morning routine because i'm running late and i've got to get to work i go to the meeting <laughs> that's me <laughs> yeah and it's like i just don't care i'm half asleep or right. I, i'm just i got a million other things to do i don't care about this hmm. and um i think that the morning ritual that involves a different way of shaving or even if you change a ritual like me i'm a night shaver i don't even shave mm. in the morning i like to shave at night because i like to enjoy it yeah you have some time right i think when you use these more traditional um implements these traditional grooming um methods a lot more care and consideration goes into it and you're more mm. concerned about the process the experience and not just the result not just the destination mm. you want to you want to take your time and it's you know for a lot of guys it's I, it's kind of weird to say it's their hobby. Yeah. And and it shows. I mean, you, you have a very successful venture around that. You know, a lot of people have developed this new interest in creating a hobby out of right. grooming themselves. Well, you wouldn't think that, but it's like now in the morning, I get to choose if I'm going to use a lime coconut shaving cream <laughs> and a sandalwood aftershave. Right. I'm going to use a straight razor this morning that was ground in Germany in 1920, or I'm going to use a safety razor that's from 1950 America, you know, Americana. Like, you get to customize your shave. Yeah. You, you get become to, a connoisseur of, yeah. of shaving. That's, I, that's cool. I, I see guys that are pairing up like, okay, I'm going to have this coffee while I'm shaving with this soap, and it's going to be it's going to pair. I'm not even joking. Wow. They're, and, and before you know it, they're spending, like you said, hundreds of dollars on these products, but they love it and they can't get enough of it. And to them, it's a very obtainable transformation. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's really fascinating to me because you can obtain that anywhere. For for some people, it might be yoga, going and getting you know, their yoga pants and doing this particular class. And for some people, it's it's what that experience offers them. You know, like it's it's what is all this routine and that moment in the morning or night in these products, what is all that offer them that's just fascinating it keeps them coming well, back well what it offers them 
and on our theme, I'm going to keep on saying it <laughs> just to <laughs> mostly remind myself. <laughs> no, uh, this is all naturally flowing very well. Um, uh, you know, these guys, a lot of the times come into it because either they're tired of spending the big bucks on, on the, you know, cartridge razors or oh, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, more than not, I cannot tell you how many people come to this because they are having confidence issues because they're having issues shaving. And I, that's how I got into it. Hmm. Um, what do you mean confidence issues? Like they're having shaving irritation or razor hmm. rash or ingrown hairs or razor bumps or whatever. Some kind of quality of life problem. Yeah. And it, you know, they, they feel ashamed to look in the mirror. They feel mm. like, you know, um, like, well, I mean, it's like, it's almost like when you're 16, 17 year old, you know, 17 years old and you have pimples on your face. Right. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it hurts your ego. Mm. No one wants to look in the mirror and not see what, you know, what they, what they love coming back at them. They want to see the idealistic self. Mm. And so a lot of these people are chasing these products and these different, you know, uh, razors to try Especially to. Especially how they're presented too in the ads. You know, oh. the perfect guy, <laughs> yeah. like shaving, of course. perfect shave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah, um, you know, that's. That's a big part of it. Hmm. Well, what, uh, you know, in this whole process, you you own your company and right. you've started from it being just this fun little hobby with a friend to now you manage employees, you, you've you done the work also that your employees do. So you've, you've seen every part of it. And it's a great question to ask you is, what is your favorite part of the process of this whole thing that you're doing? Is it talking to customers? Is it seeing the impact that your products have on them? Is it making you know promotional material and sharing what you are passionate about with others? What is your favorite part of the process uh, in this whole thing? It's hard to to call it a favorite. It's like mm-hmm. it's like saying what's your favorite food? You, right. You like sure. them all for different reasons, right. but <laughs> the cool thing is. Um, you know, a conversation we were having earlier before we started recording here, the podcast was you, you mentioned a phrase to me, you said the author of your life. And I, mm. I really like that phrase. I am incredibly fortunate that I feel so connected to my, my, my brain and what I think and then what I see manifest. Mm. So like if I have an idea for a video, it happens and yeah. it's on YouTube and then tens of thousands of people are watching it. Yeah. And if I, you know, have a conversation with the customer, I recommend something or I ask them the right kind of questions and not only, uh, yeah, okay, we get a sale. Cool. There's some money there. But then I get a phone call back or an email back saying, thank you so much. Like, I am loving what you sent. Like, my face is looking better than ever. I'm enjoying this. My wife noticed a difference. Like, whatever. Um, With the employees, it's really cool to see them learn new things, you know, to perfect the process. So, like... I guess because I am quote unquote ADD, if you even want to think that's a real thing, um, I get to exercise my energies in so many different facets and they all are more or less my vision. And so I'm extremely happy with what I see. And yeah. I, it's like a ball of wax. I keep on working at it. Like, like for instance, in the last couple of weeks, I've been really honing down on suppliers i'm like okay well we get our products from these different suppliers like our shaving creams or brushes whatever and i'm like can we do better and so i'm making calls and trying to find better sources to get a better price whatever and i pass it on to the customer it's like hmm. so i can perfect the business so i kind of love the 
the constant perfection. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I kind of try to live by is from Vince Lombardi, mm-hmm. who was uh, a, a famous college football coach. Uh, and he said that perfection is unobtainable, but in striving for it, we reach excellence instead. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've heard that one. That's a good quote. <laughs> so I kind of I kind of think of it like that. I'm like, what can we do today to make one aspect a little bit better than it was yesterday? And I kind mm-hmm. of think that there's – I think it's unfortunate when people rest on their laurels and they're just like, oh, well, this is the business we have and this is mm-hmm. the way we've always done it. And I quite enjoy transforming and perfecting and evolving what we're doing and never satisfying like – can it be done? Can it be you know that's how we did last year, but that's not going to you know we've changed we've changed processes in the last couple of months, and we're always evolving. And I think it's it's sad if you're static. I think yeah. that's static is. I mean, okay, so to get more metaphysical, met, more metaphorical. Yeah. What in nature is static? Death. Yeah. Bones. Yeah, I was just going to say actually, there's a quote in the rocks that says anything that doesn't move is associated with yeah. Death. Yeah. And and another movement is life. Movement is life, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, um, I had another person who told me that if you don't grow, you die. Mm. As a, and that, I mean, it's not just as a business. You could you could you could take it internally. Yeah, absolutely. And if if you're if you're not changing and evolving and transforming what you're doing, you're going to be swept away by the sands of time. You're going to be you know in the business world, someone else will come in and find out what you're doing and do it better than you. If you mm-hmm. don't do better than you, someone else will do better than you. Yeah. That's true. Transformation is an ongoing thing. Always. And uh, you always have to... It's like that spiral, that little corkscrew. You know, it's so funny. We had a little wine today. Just remember, yeah. I just remembered the I'm little corkscrew. I've been wine right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just remembered that little corkscrew opener. And, you know, and it's... Every time I use that thing... It's so cool. It's so cool because it's like you look at it. It's like the, the symbol of everything. It's mm-hmm. this little corkscrew moving through life. These little cycles of life progressing forward, constantly moving in a circle, but also moving forward as well. Well, and exactly. We, we like to think that we're spinning around the sun, but we're also going, yeah. we're expanding, right? Uh, the, the universe, the great big bang, right? So we're also moving in a direction, a vector. So we're actually corkscrewing through the universe. Yeah, yeah. I saw an animation of actually our solar system moving through. Right. It's, it's crazy. It's so, so, cool. so even one year later... You're not even the same place. You're not in the same place. Yeah. And so if you as a person try to stay in the same place for a year, you may come back to the same place you were physically, like the same house or the Mm. same relationships or the same whatever, but you're not in the same place. Mm. Every relationship has to move forward. Every everything you do, every process, everything in your life should always be moving forward. Mm. Otherwise, you are swept away again by the sands of time. You are uh, your death. Like Mm. you said, you're a bone, you're a Mm. rock, you're a relic. It's so true. <clears throat> well, what does this is maybe a more metaphysical question. <laughs> I like you. going back and forth. <laughs> Business, yeah. metaphysics. Yeah, I love it. it. <laughs> That's the best. What does your work right now mean to you in terms of how does it fit into your life purpose? I don't know if you've thought about that, but, you know, the work that you're doing, obviously it's very impactful. It's, you know, people are, you're not just selling a product. Because there's a lot of other shaving products out there. You're selling an experience. You're selling, in a way, that transformation. Because when somebody gets that razor back that they've gotten refurbished or shined up or polished or they get Mm -hmm. their package, it's like, it's not just, okay, I went to Walmart and got my, you know, Mach 3 or whatever they sell. 
it's oh my gosh now i have my ritual again or Mm -hmm. you know i have my awesome thing that reminds me of whatever memory that i used to shave with and now it's all shiny and polished like right you are impacting people's lives what does that mean to you in terms of your life purpose going forward <laughs> right now i mean it's it's a kind of esoteric question but so you know the business like you said earlier when we started off was was finding and buying and selling and fixing up old razors. And we still do that. And I love that. In fact, just today I bought, I literally bought 500 razors today. (laughs) I'm not even joking you. Um, You know, and that's really cool. And I I love, I still love getting in grandpa's razor. We get so many people who said, Oh, I'm sending in grandfather's razor. And, you know, um, I'll, I'll do a quick little sublet, you know, sublet on just that grandpa's razor. I think it's, I think it's neat on a side note that, of your grandfather's things, there's very few that you can actually even use. If you get grandfather's, you know, inheritance of, of personal possessions, you probably can't wear his glasses. You probably can't wear his clothes. <laughs> right. His ties are out of fashion. The shoes don't fit. Mm. But a razor is kind of universal. Cuts. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of cool. And to then to yeah. see it brought back to life is really cool. That's cool. Um, but, okay, so... Um, I'm sorry. The question was about <laughs> was how does how does your work you know the the stuff that you're doing or not? Well, the life that, work. Yeah, how does it work into your life purpose? How do you see it? Do well, you, do you have a greater purpose in your life that you feel this is aligning with do you? Yes. So the next chapter has begun, and we've started a, a, a second business um, that's called Rex, and um, Rex is designed to manufacture products and we've had our first razor that we manufactured and I personally designed now on the market. We launched it about six months ago Oh wow! and to have over a hundred thousand dollars in six months of a razor I designed sell and we're selling hundreds and I can't keep them in stock and people are loving it. People are telling me it's their favorite razor they ever used. They're selling all the other razors because of this razors changed. Wow. Is incredibly overwhelming like it's because i was always a tinkerer as a kid i was like playing with legos and to now kind of tinker with these metal parts and then like you know transform them into something functional and then beautiful and then that can change other people's lives and their Mm -hmm. their experiences is extremely rewarding and it's also all of my creative juices right now are flowing like at max capacity i'm thinking what else can we design so like just today i met with my partner Sebastian, and we are designing a leather case for the razor. Oh, and then cool. next is going to be a shaving brush. Yeah, it just bounces from one yeah. thing to another. And so now I feel like all the years I spent restoring and fixing other people's razors and mm. selling other people's razors can now be focused on what do I want to create? What is my mark going to be on the razor mm. world? And, you know, I'm bringing, I'm bringing elements of the vintage into the Rex line of products. Like we're serial numbering razors. No one's serial numbers anything today. When's the last time you bought anything? There's actually a serial number on right, it. Right. Yeah. There's this mass it produced. Doesn't have that personal touch to it. Right. You know. Uh, I've thought about the ergonomics on it. I've thought about the 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 metals we're going to use, so they're going to hold up. Like I'm trying to think mm. of of how can this never come to a razor emporium? How can the Rex razor never have to be fixed? Mm. Like I want. I'm trying to create something that outthinks me. Like I don't want someone to have to fix it. I want it to be fixed forever. I want it to always be mm. functional. So I'm trying to modern day Gillette. Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm like, I'm. It's just, it's honestly, I have never had more fun in my life than I have in the last few months That's at, awesome. at work. It's 
it's incredibly yeah because you're the one creating it now you feel yeah. like you're really authoring i i feel experience. i feel like the chef in the kitchen instead of the line cook or the mm-hmm. waiter or the manager i feel like the guy writing the menu versus the one explaining what's on the menu and it's a really cool place to be and i'm incredibly grateful that's awesome man that's really cool and Rex is R-E-X. Just right? R-E-X. And Rex Rex was a funny little kind of anagram. Like my buddy uh, Gary and I, we were meeting for sushi one day. And he's kind of been a, a coach to me. And I've known him for years and years. And we were thinking of names. We're bouncing names back and forth. And um, and he said, Rex. And I don't know even how it came up. And he said, it could stand for something. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it could stand for like razor emporium experience it could stand for revisit excellence it could stand for the real experience it could stand for so many different things we settled on revisit excellence as the as the brand mm. tag so we kind of bring in these these elements of the past that's cool but to me it also means rex as and like latin i like that it was a universal word uh you know whether you speak spanish or romanian or you know uh like greek king, king. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to think of how to make the best thing. Yeah, got it. That's cool, man. Well, how you know that's you're you're in in your prime right now, and the cool thing is is to see that, especially as your friend, I've known you for so long. How has all of these experiences leading up to today transformed you, and what's been the impact on the people around you? Obviously, having a business where you are having this kind of success there's there's a road to that and there's a road in learning how to manage people how to create a vision how to act on that vision uh how to do a lot of things you know so how has having this business how has going from point a which is chasing down old antique (laughs) razors you know with your buddy to now you're you know jumping into a huge market and with a leading product how has that journey transformed you and what's been the impact on yourself, on the people around you, on your employees, on your spouse, <laughs> your friends? Um, what are some transformative aspects of that experience? Well, you? well, to to stay with the the razor or steel or cutlery theme, there's a Chinese proverb, or maybe it's Japanese. Please, someone correct me. Um, that an untempered piece of steel is not meant for battle, hmm. meaning that you know when you when you make a blade, whether it's a knife or sword or anything, straight razor, um, the steel has to be heated to an incredibly high temperature and then it has to be plunged into a, a colder medium like oil or water and then it has to be hammered on and beaten and grinded and sanded into shape and polished and sharpened. And finally, after all of that, you'll have a cutting edge that can actually hold up because mm. if you don't do that, if you just take a piece of steel and sharpen it, gonna break (laughs) it'll break the moment it hits anything Hmm. and i don't think that i could be where i'm at now if i didn't have to go through several years of some seriously hard times that were um incredibly transformative that were um incredibly straining on me on every level. Hmm. Um, it was it, your tempering. You <laughs> put in the oven. <laughs> and I'm and not even well. joking you. So I'll just share. I mean, I don't I don't mind. Like I went through a very challenging divorce. And I was with a, a very challenging partner at the time. And um, the 
the process of undoing that part of my life and then separating from that and then kind of rebuilding was very hard. And I, I used to run around the lake where I lived. They had a big man-made lake and it was about a mile around, maybe a mile and a half. And when I would run around it, I would chant sometimes to myself, sometimes out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, I would chant hardening the steel, hardening the steel, hardening the steel. And I would just (laughs) run and run and run. Cause you know, when you run, you, you know, you get into a little rhythm. Right. Yeah. And I would keep on saying that to myself because that was the only way I could explain what was happening to my brain and my heart and my, you know, my emotions was that I was going through a transformative period of time and this was going to harden me. Hmm. Um, now in my in my you know new wonderful amazing marriage to a, a much more equal partner um and now being a dad honestly those challenges have have been yes they're present and they're real but they're nowhere near what i thought they would be hmm. after what i went through and now even my business um is it feels so much uh so much more obtainable so much more easy to, to manage versus before I felt like the world was caving down on me in some ways and what crushing. do you think what do you think is different about yourself right now mm. that allows you to handle these increased responsibilities compared uh, to let's say a couple of years ago absolutely number one is support mm-hmm. there's no question about it my my spouse Elizabeth I'll just say her name Elizabeth my amazing wife um, is beyond a doubt the most supportive loving caring person i ever met mm-hmm. and um it's it's probably no wonder she's a nurse by trade and she has the heart of gold and i think when i met her she she truly did heal me in some ways mm-hmm. you know healed my heart healed my mind and allowed me to feel empowered that i could get through the times I was going through. She met me as I was going through my divorce. Mm-hmm. And um, that made all the difference. And she believed me. Number one thing is she believed in me. Like mm-hmm. my old spouse, we would be fighting about things and she would be challenging me in the business and she was working there with me and she, you know, she had her vision and she was, you know, whatever. Mm. And Elizabeth believes in me and is like, do so it. do you feel that you now as a result, let's say again, kind of what's different about your internal self, where you have more courage to act on the things yes. you believe in? Yeah, that's a good word, courage. I haven't even thought of that word before because when I usually think of courage, I think of something much more courageous like running into a building, uh, burning, you know, burning building or uh, or what my wife actually does, which is, you know, help people with their life, you yeah. know. Um you know, I think of that but as courageous. different kinds but, of courage too. No, but I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I think of it, I guess, more as like confidence, but courage yeah, is a good confidence. word. Yeah. Yes. Um, I heard a good quote about courage. What's that? And it's courage is having the fear, but acting anyway. Right. And that's what like a, that's what a firefighter does. They yeah. see a, 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 a building that's on fire and instead of running away, like the rest of us do, they run into it. Right. They know exactly what can happen. In fact, they probably know better than you or I, what can mm-hmm. happen in a matter of seconds or minutes, whatever. And yet they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say courage for sure. She definitely, uh, you know, was in my corner. Um, but then as, as, you know, life started unfolding and things started going, you know, more and more, it does cascade. And like, 
I would always just tell anyone out there that's listening that things can snowball in life and they can snowball good and they can snowball bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like one success can lead to two and two can lead to five and five to, you know, whatever. It, keeps on, it can keep on snowballing and so mm-hmm. can failures. And the important thing is to realize where you're at in whatever process. And if you're having like a series of bad things, you should try to immediately stop those and try to figure out corrective, like, okay, am I part of this? Am I the one causing these bad things, this, this series of events? What's my part in it? Yeah, take time to observe and analyze. And take accountability. Take accountability, yeah. That's <laughs> number one thing. Yeah. You know, it's really easy to blame anyone else. And when I was, again, when I was going through my divorce or whatever, that was hard for me. I could have sat there and blamed um, my ex on everything. It was always her fault, her, her. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I know I, I made a mistake to maybe be with her in the first place or get married or let it get to the point where it got so bad that it was. So I could mm-hmm. take a lot of accountability. It's like that old phrase when you're a kid, like you point your finger for or pointing back at you or three, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say the same thing for success is that once you get a little bit of traction and you get a little bit of, of things going your way, you just have to keep on doing it and do it every day mm-hmm. and not letting you you know get into a place where you feel cocky. Like you're like, no, like yeah. I'm going to keep on going at it. Like I want to get better. And that's back to that excellence thing. Like you're never done getting getting the best you can. Like you, yeah. I know, I, I admire you very, very highly, Tudor, that you've, you know, in your career and your personal fitness, like, you keep on going to the gym. You keep on pushing yourself with your career, with dancing and you know, competition and everything. And anyone who's doing anything seriously continues to push themselves. You oh, should yeah. never be, rest on your laurels. That's that's a really good point. And you actually brought me right into the next thing I wanted to ask you, which is... <laughs> I'm not even looking at the questions, people. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> You're all look, wanting to look at the list. I'm like, yes, I know, so I'm we're just, just going to talk. It, It'll happen naturally. I'm telling you, it's the wine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I should give everybody wine before they go. Yes. So. Well, the you know, you talk about resting on your laurels, and I like that phrase because the next question is, you know, all these types of careers we're in where we feel really fulfilled, where we feel that we're creating, we're contributing, all these things that really give us, you know, meaningful existence. Uh, it's not always like that. There's always the the day to day. There's the grind. There's the stuff that you don't want to do. That is a necessary cost to mm-hmm. having those transformative experiences and those exciting moments. So the question is, what makes those moments special? What makes the special moments different than the than the regular ones? What makes a situation transformative? How do they happen? Where do they happen? Why do they happen? And how? This is the most important part of the question. How do you create more of them in your daily actions? You know, it's very easy to slip into, okay, let me just go to work. Let me just go back to my business. Let me just go back to my family. Let me go back to this versus, okay, you know, today we're going to create some new things or, you know, whatever. I got an obstacle, but we're going to find a solution. It's like basically flipping the situation from being mundane to being transformative. I always use the example of, you know, it's like you could make your bed and see it as a chore or you could see it as that you're transforming you, the, sl- the space you sleep in. You're transforming your morning. You get, now got something done, so now you have started the fuse to a productive day. So how something occurs to you is the realm of transformation. So in your experience, dealing with that mundane, how do you 
how do you deal with that? How do you get out of the mundane and create those moments in the work that you do in your business? Right. With others. I think it's really important to always see what you're doing as part of a bigger process. And I think that's one of the easiest ways to comprehend um, the the steps towards the path. Like you're kind of alluding to, like you said, um, making your bed starts a fuse for the rest of the day, you know, to be transformed or changed or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's really important to, to not rule out any steps and even mundane steps can, can change. Let me give you, let me give you a tiny little snippet of example, kind of bringing it a little bit back to the, to the micro of, of our business. So, you know, like I said, we've, we've changed and evolved and perfect what we do just, just this last week, like just a few days ago, we had been doing, like if we want to replate someone's razor, we used to take them apart and that's a, that's, that's a process that takes five or 10 minutes. And then we'd put them on these little copper wires and then we'd hang these little parts into a, you know, like one gallon um, hot solution that's a chemical that will take off the original plating so we can get down to the base metal. You know, try not to get too elaborate here. Mm-hmm. Okay, this whole process we used to do would take like 20, 30 minutes. Mm. Per razor? Per razor. Okay. And when you're talking dozens and dozens of razors a, of a week and hundreds a month, it's a lot of time. Yeah. And we always did it because we'd always had done it. And we hadn't questioned it. <laughs> and then one of my guys, John, just threw a razor in the bath. It was like, we're not going to take it apart. Let's just throw it in and see what happens. And sure enough, it did just fine. The solution got down through all the parts and it, it ended up doing the same net thing. Wow. It all so got... you saved like 30 minutes. Per right. Minute. <laughs> and that's a lot of time, a lot of money. And that means more. That means we can get more things done every day, every right. week, every month. We can you know have a less wait time for the customers. Yeah. And what did John do? John exercised creativity. Mm. He exercised experimentation. He thought outside of our box that we'd always been in. Mm. And he was willing to take a chance and willing to fail because it was on one of it was on, it was on one of my razors that belonged to the company. So if it if it messed it up, like I wasn't gonna lose my shirt over it. But you know we didn't do that on the customer's razor to begin with. It was ours. But you know, bottom line is he tried something new. He tried something different, mm-hmm. and it ended up transforming our process mm-hmm. and cutting off some time and making it more efficient. And so I think that. Uh, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I joke with my my wife Elizabeth about this. I guess in the world of uh, another quick quick example, and I'll bring it home. In the world of nursing, they have a phrase. Um, I want to make sure I get it right. Assess, intervene, reassess. Hmm. Okay, so both of these examples of the of the stripping the razor uh, in the chemical bath and the nursing, you know, uh, motto have the same net uh, similarity that it means don't question your assumptions. Yeah. Question what you think and, and, and reevaluate. Never be too certain on. Yeah. Do something. Yes. Reevaluate what you're doing. And I think it's the most important part is to reevaluate because it's easy to question your assumption. Like, well, we've always done it this way, or this is the way it's supposed to be done. Or like, you know, with a patient, like, well, I've already checked his levels. Well, did you check this other thing? Or did you, did you see if there's you know other issues happening that you didn't even think about? Like an assumption. 
and mm. and I think that uh, in terms of a, munda- a mundane thing, your question um, that that you know is part of the bigger process here is to is to be willing to fail, be willing to try something new, be willing to examine every step of the process. And not just make an assumption like, well, this is a, a necessary step we have to take, or this is just a necessary evil that we have to go through. No, maybe... Yeah, see those as opportunities. Those are all opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, I think changing your view, like you said, to a glass half full, like everything's mm-hmm. an opportunity. Hey, uh, this is an opportunity to get a little faster. This is an opportunity for me to be a better nurse, you know, a better outcome for my patient, whatever, better a better razor, <laughs> mm. uh, a faster process, whatever. It's always good to question your assumptions. And I think any real transformation of learning, I think any real transformation of, of growing only occurs when you when you question your assumptions. Mm. I know for me, like now, we'll, so that was all real physical. I'm going to get metaphysical. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get metaphysical. Let's, oh, yeah. Um, when you and I knew each other in high school and then shortly thereafter in college, and I started questioning things that I'd always believed. Like it really, I'm not going to, I don't want to get too mm-hmm. spiritual, but it was, you know, started with faith. You know, we both went to a, uh, oh, yeah. a religious high school, you know, a Jesuit Roman Catholic kind of inspired high school. Right. And then you get out of there and you're not around it anymore. You're not going to church with your parents anymore. And you start questioning things. <laughs> and it's only then do you really know what you know, because before you're repeating what you know. That's true. It's like it's like you're just regurgitating for the test, hmm. but you're not actually utilizing what the knowledge yet. And so, um, I think I think that's something that has to happen. Is that is that slow question what you think you know? Go through, double check that that's still what you believe. Don't just keep on working out those assumptions, and only then can you have real transformation. Because if you come to the same conclusions, then you're like, well, cool, hey, great. Like, this is still the right thing. If you come to a different conclusion, you're like, either I've grown in my knowledge or the world's changed or this is no longer the good or whatever you want to say about it. But if you don't do that, you're going to end up being these kind of people that they don't even know why they believe anything. Hmm. They just say something and you're like, well, why do you think that way? Like, because. Because that's the way it is. (laughs) Because that's what my dad told me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah absolutely i think it's you're really pointing to this idea of self-reflection yes and questioning and taking time to stop from the momentum of life and to look at where is it going why is it is and does it need a change does it need a, a slight direction change that kind of thing and right i think if you do that regularly that habit is transformation. It's part of that whole yeah. umbrella of transformation because if you don't, then you really aren't changing. No. Which, you know, transformation is, it means growing, is moving forward. Is It's a type of change that's different than just the natural change that happens around the world. You know, there's a, there's a growth associated with transformation. It's a moving forward. Right. So, well, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty much coming up to the end of the interview here. The whole point of this interview, and we talked about this a little bit off the air, but I'm doing these interviews because I think the transformation, just how you and I are talking about this, can be long in everyday conversations. You know, like right now, I haven't talked to you about your business in a while, and it was so cool to hear your take on a lot of these questions and how 
it's transformed you. It's it's transformed the people around you. How you can see transformation from your perspective, you know, which is you know you're in a razor business. You don't you're not in a metaphysical business. You don't have to be, but transformation is applicable to everybody in every situation. And my goal with these interviews is to make it a more down to earth, relatable idea that the people can start seeing in every day. Because I feel that the benefit of that. Uh, can help it become more accessible too. It's not some far off thing, or it's not something reserved for Oprah TV or something like that. <laughs> you know. So what you know, in your opinion, is there a benefit to that? Is there a benefit to incorporating that viewpoint, bringing it down to earth, seeing transformation as an everyday thing in your life, regardless if you're working a minimum wage job or you own a business? Do you think there's value to? that do you think there's value to these kind of conversations and why obviously yes <laughs> uh, obviously yes and I'm, I'm sure let's elaborate um kind of not not too far back to square one but if you're not in touch with with who you are and what you're doing in your life and where you're going you are literally in the passenger seat of your of, of your life you are letting decisions or or indecision more more times than not or circumstance or fate or luck or your boss or your parents or your friends mm. push you down the river of life and if you've ever gone down a river before on a raft you know that it may be pleasant at certain times you're like wow the river's just in charge and there's other times it throws you at the freaking rocks. Mm. Okay. And unless you have a canoe or sorry, a paddle and you actually, you know, like I, I did, I guess I'm thinking about this cause I, I went down some white recently. Yeah. Yeah. No, last <laughs> summer I did, I did whitewater rafting for the first time. Well, there you go. And you're doing whitewater rafting and there's lots of plenty of time where you're like, Oh, this is so beautiful. Let's look at nature and journey of life right there. Yeah. And then there's other times where it's like, Oh my gosh, there's rocks. Everyone paddle left, 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 left. <laughs> Because you have to, at, at, at different points in your life, you have to intervene. You cannot just let the river of life direct you wherever it's going to go. And anyone mm. who says, oh, the universe will work things out for me. It's all fine. Like the secret, blah, yeah, you blah, You got to take action. Yeah, that's BS in my opinion. If someone wants to believe in the secret, they want to believe in the universe, that's so cool at certain moments, but that is not everyday life because right. the river of life will throw you against the rocks <laughs> and it won't care. It will not care for a second because other people will pass right by you while you're in the rocks trying to dig yourself out. <laughs> and it will move on. <laughs> did you make it okay through your white rider after you guys crashed? We did not okay. crash because we had someone with experience. Oh, ooh, there you go. And he had, you had a guide. And ooh, some more metaphysics. He had he had vision. He had sight. He was at the. You he know, had some. Well, he said. Yeah. He's he, at the top of the. They sit in the back and they oh, sit okay. higher so than you. See. Oh, there they you go. See what's before, and he's gone down that river multiple times, so there he knows. Go. So. So the value of having a coach or advice or yes. people that you can rely on for wisdom that have the vision that have the, the experience vision. the wisdom yeah. yeah absolutely this guy had done category five you know rivers which were like crazy like you see on tv like oh, crazy yeah, way like, we went through like most of the time is pretty calm there was like maybe you know every 10 minutes you'd have like some some rapids you're going otherwise right. it's just like oh this is calm let's paddle this way yeah, but there's other ones like Category 5 where it's that the entire time, oh, like yeah, craziness, yeah. life and death the entire time. <laughs> um, 
I'm sure all of us have felt that at some point in our yeah, life. But but kind of back to the shaving thing, I, I was wanting to say this, and so I'll bring it up now. Like one of the cool things about shaving, and this is you know we said this off air, is that in the morning or at night or whenever you shave, if you're a guy or even a girl, hey, shave your pits or your legs, whatever. Um, you do this ritual that changes you, that somehow makes you ready for your day, mm-hmm. that gets you prepared for the next step. And most times it's always been equated with success or with, uh, you know, getting your business face on, getting your suit and tie on, like getting ready for the world to see you. And I think there's something really cool about that, that, um, that shaving provides it. And it is transformative. And in just a matter of a few minutes, it's like you have to go to the gym for six months and see result. You see the result in six minutes. Yeah. And you're like, cool. Or if like you had a big beard and you look all scruffy, you look like, you know, haggard, you know, you can get a quick shave and and feel so much better enjoy the process and you're like man i look like a million bucks look at me look at my pretty face Hmm. (laughs) yeah i think that's what the exciting part of transformation is that it's so sudden it appears oh yeah you know it's like such a significant change in a short amount of time i hate this the most cliche thing cliche warning everyone cliche um <laughs> you've ca- been warned caterpillars right yeah so they spend they spend a bunch of their life as a caterpillar a bunch of life as a butterfly but the transformation is relatively quick like you said yeah it's yeah. just a couple days I, i'm not a botanist or whatever biologist but it's just a couple days right yeah they're not in there for weeks and weeks and weeks they're in there for i a couple- don't know <laughs> i have no idea well let's, let's but i'm sure relative to their lifespan like, yeah it's, it's not you know, but that made the difference between right, that is the significant point walking that we put on the yeah they're walking on a leaf one day mm-hmm. and a couple days later they're flying in the freaking air. <laughs> wow, well you pretty much uh, hit the nail on the head. I was going to ask you what your closing fortune cookie thought was. You know, with your experiences that you've had, <sighs> obviously it's it's made you wiser. It's it's given you uh, some of that vision that we talked about in the white rafting example. What, sure. What can you share with other entrepreneurs, other people starting their business, other people who maybe are at step one just trying to hobby with their friends that maybe they're so passionate about they want to turn into a business, or people who are in your situation uh, from what you have learned? What do you think it has given you about the rest of the world, about life, about people, relationships, whatever you want to share? My fortune cookie advice would be... To believe in yourself, because ultimately, if you don't, no one else is going to take you seriously. <laughs> uh, and and honestly, you have to, you have to evolve to a place. I wouldn't say cocky. I wouldn't say egotistical, but I would say confident. Yeah. And 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 you need to really exude confidence. You have to believe so much in your vision that not only do you convince yourself, you convince customers, mm-hmm. you convince employees to come on this journey with you and let you pay them. Every week or every two weeks to fulfill your vision. Mm. And you have to convince suppliers and, and your spouse, your family. So you have to believe so much in what you're doing. Vision you have to, and confidence in what you're doing, number one. And then number two, I would say, say yes. That it's, It sounds so simple. It's like the Truman Show or whatever, that liar, liar, whatever it was, that movie with Jim Carrey where mm. he, couldn't, he couldn't say no or whatever. Yeah, you know, he couldn't tell a lie. Oh, yeah, that was a lie earlier, I think. You say yes. Say yes to experience. And, um, of course, with, with, you know, some judgment in there, but be open, more or less. Be open yeah. for transformation. Yeah, Because transformation can happen 
like you said, in an instant and you didn't even know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, you know, <clears throat> for instance, you're going to interview my, my good friend and partner, Sebastian, at some point. Mm-hmm. And you, he was the guy in a story you told at the beginning who was running around with me going to see razors. Well, yep. let's just play the story out in 30 seconds for Sebastian. I asked him to come look at razors with me because we were friends and we were in a band together, but he had no interest in antiques. Right. He went, in my opinion, I was being selfish. I was like, hey, you can be another set of eyes. Like, help me look. <laughs> <laughs> and But then that went from another set of eyes to he was buying and selling razors. Then we became partners and we started a business. Then, then we started a second business. Now he runs that business and he's incredibly successful. Yeah. And he's not even doing razors anymore. He's doing leather products. Right. <laughs> and he has he has a very you know very successful leather business and I'm incredibly proud for him to have yeah, yeah, and too. it all started because he said yes mm, to that first to that first going out and doing something new and he'd never done it before that's and, a great point and and here he is is it, I mean he had, he has his PhD in physics he yeah. could have gone down the entire path of academia and yet mm. he is designing leather goods for not only his company but other companies around the world because he said yes to something when he was 21. You know, I just got this in my mind while you were talking. Say yes, don't say okay. Ooh, so cho- so choose. You know what I mean? Like okay is like, okay, I'll go and, and get the job that everybody wants me to or do. Okay or okay is like, say, sure, I'll let it happen. Right. Versus I'll make it happen. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's my fortune cookie advice. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for... Being on the show, where can they find you? Razor Emporium Rex, where can they get this awesome experience if they've been shaving, if they're looking for some <laughs> shaving? If you shameless want plug, plug, <laughs> Shame- plug, 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 plug. <laughs> Time for some shameless plug and go for it. You can visit us at www.razoremporium.com. <laughs> what about, is Rex also on there? Or? Yeah, we're actually in the middle of launching a Rex website. We do have the Rex Razor on Razor Emporium, uh, but uh, the website to come is rexsupplyco.com or rexshaving.com. Sweet. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome. It was really cool to catch up with you and hear about your life. So thank you guys for listening. If you enjoy this episode, like and share it with your friends if you feel that it has some value I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in and hearing Matt's awesome story about transformation and razor shaving. So thank you, Matt. That's all, folks. (laughs) All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the7transformations.com.